Storymakers. I'm Angie Powers. I'm Elizabeth Stark. And this is Storymakers Show. And today on Storymakers, we're sharing a microphone. And we're going to talk about passion. Passion. But I want to say this about sharing a microphone. We are in each other's germ bubble. Well, we're in each other's germ bubble anyway. <laughs> but I mean... You are... Like the next year's Valentines are going to be like, you're my disease vector. <laughs> and that's going to be like the most romantic thing if someone could If I had to say. quarantine with anyone, it would be with you. Or whatever. Shelter in place. Yeah. We're not quarantined. No. No, no. 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 We're just sheltering in place. In place for our lives. Yeah. That used to feel like a much scarier thing, sheltering in place. Yeah. Well... Well, because often shelter in place meant that there was like a live shooter in your street. Right. Now Where we've, that, just been, we've been really trained to be like, oh, it's just a fast moving pandemic. No biggie. Yeah. Hi, Actually, everybody. No, it's we a hope horrifying you're, we biggie. Hope you're hanging so in there. Clear, yeah. yeah. This is crazy times and um, crazy times call for routines. Crazy measures. Routines too, though. Both. But anyway. We're, okay. We're trying to like keep it going here. Mm-hmm. Keep it going. We come to you on Tuesdays. We do. We do. Um, so and we and we are so excited when we see the little dots representing all of you all over the. It's just a better map than the ones we're most spending most of our time looking yes. at these days. So thank each and every one of you. We yeah. definitely want to do that for being a listener, for being part of our community. This is such a strange time, and I want to say that from both of us that we really hope that your entire community, your family, that everybody's safe and getting the care they deserve. Yeah, as well as the people you don't know. We are, we're hoping that for everybody. <laughs> no, if you don't listen to this podcast, we don't really care. But that's completely not true. All right. Um, the other thing I want to say is we're, we're going to address in today's episode an email letter that we got. And um, I want to encourage you guys to shoot us a line and let us know what you would like us to blather on about for some short period of time. Apparently we can do that, not just for a short period of time. (laughs) And our email address is questions at storymakershow.com. This, oh, but first, what are you working (laughs) on? (laughs) What are you, what the heck are you doing? I am currently working on, mostly uh, working on doing important things like teaching children. and Which is important. Then beyond that. Virtual children. Virtual children. And then beyond that, um, really kind of coming to the conclusion that while there are definitely ways that adults show up in distance learning, kids' experience is radically different. So mm. that approaching... Kids, and again, I'm not talking about like I think high school probably is like closer to how you would expect adult learning to go, but this is middle school, and so really kind of having compassion for where the kids are and thinking about like how can I create an experience for them that is both, as our governor Newsom says, a high quality educational experience, but at the same time. Like they're stressed out. They, like us, want something that's going to remove them from the craziness of the world. And of so course, really trying to think about how do you, how do you take pre-algebra and make it... Um, comforting? Fun. Fun. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah, I think um, it's sort of interesting because the, the kids are used to connecting online in certain ways, some more than others, depending on how much you're restricting them. But um, 
So they might not be as excited as like, we just had a Zoom brunch and it was pretty fun. It was like, we met like this couple in San Francisco. We hung out with like one of Angie's oldest friends and his husband. And it was just like, we had our own champagne. (laughs) It was, you know, it was like, oh, look at this Zoom brunch. And I had another thing with some friends whom I like see twice a year, maybe as a group, because we're all over the greater Bay Area and we all have kids and it's not really possible to meet very often. And all of a sudden we're meeting like again this weekend, (laughs) you know, next weekend. (laughs) So that's all super fun. But I think for the kids, they have a lot of that in a certain way. And what they're, what they want is the part where they're in person. Like they're. Absolutely. So I think what I'm trying to design is actually something that feels more like playing and mm-hmm. socializing yeah. than it does just here. I'm going to lecture at you. Know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think that's good for everybody on some level. Yes. All right. Um, well, I am, uh, I have five more pages of this manuscript to edit by hand. And then I have to go back and like look at my chicken scratch. And boy, I just write, wrote like all over it. And I have to go and input those changes. And I, I did try. The reason I printed it out was because I was less, I'm more inclined to like write to get in there and write some lines, get in there and actually do some of the work. So I'm hoping I've done some of the work. Hoping and wishing <laughs> and, not that and I, praying. And then I don't go and back and it's like, write this whole scene, write that whole scene, figure <laughs> out this giant problem. Do this giant thing. Here's what I want to say. I, this is the moment where I'm optimistic. About? I'm, my book. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and this is the fun part. I'm like, I was talking to another friend who loves early drafting and who is like, I just get into like this mode where I just know it's completely brilliant, you know, like page one brilliant. And, and, you know, and then, and then she's like, you know, and I'm sort of an idiot, but it's a really fun place to be. And especially, you know, if you're in a pandemic lockdown, why not be doing the fun thing that you think is fun? Why not be an idiot? (laughs) Exactly. Especially just in the privacy of your own home without policy decisions coming out of it. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right. She want to hear this? I do. I'm so curious and I want to just get to it. Get ASAP. To it. Do it. Let's do it. You guys are in a hurry. Um, all right. So our reader, writer writes in, I have been having trouble putting passion into what I'm writing. I'm always fighting my original nurse's training to write lean and end up with, with boring, dry prose. You've probably tackled this topic previously, but I'm running into it again, and it's troublesome. So if you're rumbling around looking for a topic, may I suggest an oldie but goodie, passion. Well, first of all, I want to say anybody who's ever been a nurse, thank you for your work. Yeah. I mean, and and if you're noticing yourself, like, being pulled back into those old habits, (laughs) this this might be the time. Um, Yeah. So I think think all of us, I mean, the, the big thing, which we which we mentioned in last week's podcast, but which I don't, which I think bears repeating. The big thing right now is kindness. Absolutely. And, and not to assume that just because you're feeling, you know, dry prose is, is forthcoming or you're feeling pain, whatever it is, that that's actually even true. I mean, that's actually one of the lessons of writing in general. So you mean kindness towards yourself? Well, among other kindnesses, yes, I do. I will. So, Okay, so even stepping back from crazy moment right now, the when you read your own prose, this voice pops up, right? And the voice, maybe this isn't true for everybody, but I think it's like 
truer for you even than for me. And it's true for me and it's true for a lot of people, which is this voice pops up and the voice says, you, this is, this sucks. This is really bad. Why did you write that? This is terrible. Why do you even think you can write? Da, 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 da. And mistakenly, people think of that as the editor. And it's not an editor because it's actually an illiterate little part of you. It is. Where's that kindness? Hold on. I'm talking about the mean part of you. The mean part of you is not your editor. The mean part right, of I you. I understand that. But I do want to say that, like, to. I mean, I just, just to play devil's advocate. Because no, why not? To be mean to a part of you that is being mean to you is actually not dealing with kindness. Well, it's interesting because at camp last year, I did this whole like sort of the round table of parts of you that go into your writing. And I did have to bring this one in and I did, and I put like the pros and cons or the plus, you know, the strengths and weakness, whatever it was of, of each thing. And I had to really come up with the strengths of this part. But I think it is important to understand that this part is not weighing in accurately in any way on your writing and that you actually can't even know when you're during the act of writing, whether it's good or bad. It's like an irrelevant question. Mm-hmm. Now, I did come up with that that part, like there's a way in which if you're digging in and doing deep work, that part is going to come up and it's going to remind you you are on the journey. And that is great. That's an asset. But like put it in the back seat, not the driver's seat. That's all. I think that one of the things that I think is true for myself and I think that when we talk to our students, the thing that I keep kind of seeing over and over is there is a way in which the magnitude of this particular pandemic, as, as opposed to the other pandemics <laughs> we've all been through, but the magnitude of this challenge really pushes people to question the value of what they're doing. I see that we're sort of looking for something that has meaning in the face of something so large. And one of the ways we undermine ourselves in the process of writing is to say the story that I'm writing doesn't have value in the face of what is going on in the world. And different people have different things. Like um, when I was very young and... um, Like two. No, (laughs) like 19... My girlfriend's parents had a friend who I never met, but that friend apparently had some issues with anxiety. And there was some like whale caught under the ice in Alaska somewhere. And so there was this whole sort of press coverage of how do we get, how do we save this whale? It's going to drown, right? We have Mm -hmm. to get this whale and help it. And my ex-girlfriend's mother-in-law was sort of talking about how her friend was struggling with this feeling and how, you know, like... Stepmother? Yeah. You said mother-in-law. Oh, sorry, stepmother. Anyway. (laughs) um, I just got confused. I was like, who are we talking about? So anyway, so she was sort of talking about how, like, her friend really didn't have a great sort of maybe boundary for herself between, like, what was going on. She really internalized kind of this whale's plight and herself, and in fact had started 
having all of these sort of physical manifestations mm-hmm. of this whale. And I think, <laughs> I think, like as much as you might laugh, like the truth is, beyond everything else, we're empathetic. And I think it's incredibly hard right now, unless you are someone who's going in and doing that incredibly hard work of being present with someone who is struggling. I mean, the irony is... It's incredibly hard to stay present. It's very hard to say my Mm -hmm. cozy mystery (laughs) is important. Right, right. My, uh, you know, my Nora Mm Ephron-esque divorce novel. (laughs) Divorce romp. Divorce romp. You know, it's like, how do I find the value in that? And I think a lot of people are struggling with meaning. And so I think that when, when we hear from our, when we hear from our listener and, and they're asking about passion, I can't help but wonder, is it passion or a clear sense of purpose and meaning? Because I think when things are okay and the people around you are okay, then you don't struggle with it in that way, right? What is the value of this work? This value is that it brings people together, right? The value does these different things. Can't do things. that anymore. And, and now, <laughs> right. So I, I but I, but yeah, story is exactly about it's it's for people who are struggling with meaning, mm-hmm. and that I think is is maybe a great way in is to think about what you want to say to the world, to the people out there struggling right now, to the future, to whatever. What is it that you that you can have to say to the world? And, and no pressure. And then doing it through story. I will say that because I actually think about this in terms of essay writing, I sometimes think I can find someone who's said what I want to say mm-hmm. brilliantly and really I can just put that out there more, you know, I can just write like... Well, because now all of us are also curators in a way that so we haven't much been. So. But with fiction for me and this is just me because that's sort of where my heart is um for for, with fiction I feel I just feel engaged in the project of trying to convey meaning through story Mm -hmm. and that sort of um although also I do my newsletter and there I feel like I know I'm writing to these few hundred people but if you are a person who does not have a newsletter and yeah. you are writing in a genre that is normally maybe identified as somewhat escapist or whatever. We've been enjoying re-watching Sherlock from the BBC. Um, you know, how do you connect mm-hmm. the value of your work to these questions of meaning? Yeah. And I think that that's uh, fundamentally an existential dilemma. And but- I've, one, I've just been having a lot of fun using theme as the filter for this re- revision with your help. And, um, and so I think that is one. Th- and, and one of the things I've also noticed is when you, when you do read electronically, you see what everybody's underlined. Mm-hmm. And, and they underline the abstractions, even though they're reading, st- I'm talking about novels, right? Mm-hmm. So they're reading for character and story. And absolutely, like you couldn't just pull the abstractions out and be like, here's a poster, with like 10 rules for living, right? Right. But but embedded in vivid enactments of these principles, kind of pulling it to the surface and stating some deep truth in the midst of that embodiment right. is, is powerful. And people right. stop and go, ah. And I actually just want to say to our nurse that I think that one of the things people really need right now is reassurance. Yeah. And that... 
as a nurse, you have a more perhaps nuanced view of the ups and downs of life than people who have not been engaged with illness prior to this. This might be some folks' first real introduction to this kind of challenge. And I think that for every person, I always say, there's someone waiting for the story you're writing. And when I hear people saying, like, I don't have passion, that to me, again, goes to this, like, what is the value of my work? Mm -hmm. And to... Everybody, I just want to say, like, the value of your work is that there literally is someone who needs to hear your view of the world. Someone literally needs to be reassured that they are not the only person in the world who cares about what they care about. They need to be reassured that even though crazy crises like these happen, that there is a future, right? There's so many things that we can offer even when we're not necessarily feeling hopeful ourselves. Some people may need to hear that their absolute freaky desperation is appropriate, Mm -hmm. right? So it isn't that you have to have this like flowery, happy story, but that the people in our shared world, we all see things differently and there's nothing worse than feeling like you are alone, Because that's when people go feral and get really crazy and do really crazy things. Mm. I mean, I just want to say. Yeah. So, okay. I want to just pull over to another side of the road (laughs) for a minute here. (laughs) I mean, we're not driving, just a second. (laughs) Um, So I want to talk on the level of language, too. And I want to remind people of... um, something I fell in love with and I've mentioned many times, but maybe not lately, which is writing from where you dream by Robert Olin Butler and this idea. And it's so hard to do when you're in thrall to needing to know the numbers, needing to know the news, needing to whatever. But if, if you can wake up and like go into sort of dream, stay in dream mode, read a little poetry, go onto the page, write. There's some exercises like, Writing. How many people thought that phrase was going to be go on to the internet? <laughs> yeah, it was so- not. Go on to the page, which is this incredible magic world where anything can happen and where you can connect to and become anybody you want. I mean, the, the blank page has been doing this for way longer than the internet and way more effectively, I would argue. Well, I, I agree. And I want to say that sometimes like, you know, oh gosh, what were we doing we did a we did a group chat for our community, community book in your book writing world. And folks. I was writing as well during that prompt. One of the prompts was I want to write about and one of them was I don't want to write about. Mm-hmm. And in that process, like I realized I have a boatload of grief. I have a lot of sadness for what's happening. I have a lot of sadness that actually predated this whole thing. Um and that it's okay if your free writing time is just you getting through that layer and and saying, gosh, you know, like I have a hard time right now knowing what I want to write about because I feel so overwhelmed or I feel angry or I feel so scared and baffled or, you know, uh, I don't even agree with this. Those people are just stay home and write about that. But um <laughs> but everything you're saying has passion in it. 
That's Absolutely. what's interesting. It's like, but it starts with that kindness of just like whatever you're showing up with is okay. And then you, but, but what are you showing up with? Oh, okay, here's this grief and here's this anger and here's, you know, and you can hear it in your voice. You can hear the fullness and the richness of dropping into your body and being present, which is really scary mm-hmm. when you, when you are going to drop into grief and right. anger and, you know, all those things, all those hard things. The only thing, it's like I always say the only thing harder than writing is not writing. Mm-hmm. And actually writing is actually not as hard as worrying about writing. And I think that feeling is not as hard as worrying about feeling. As somebody who's really expert at like working really hard to stay, in, you know, outside of the actual experience of feeling, you know, it's so I think that's important. I think it's important to connect to. I mean, that's our job as writers is to really connect to what is true for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you were talking about earlier, too. And then so it's, it keeps coming back to that. But also just literally in the words on the page, like get onto the words. And now and is paper. actually a great time to do some fantasy fiction. And I don't mean that in like a dragon's way. I mean, like Though dragons are OK. Um. Yeah, I'm not ruling it out. I'm just saying don't get stuck in that. I'm just saying that, like, now's a great time to write the story that maybe if you are angry or you are sad, write a scene about it. Write the short screenplay about it. Write an essay. Write about the thing that is real to you. Not like, um, gosh, I feel like I shouldn't do this. You know, because the other thing is there's so many times that people's voices have been silenced for things that are their own point of view. And I think it's important that our listeners now make the choice to use their voice not just as their personal therapy, but as the thing that is going to carry us into the next moment in our shared history. Does that make sense? You're looking at me in a somewhat baffled way. Yeah, no, you're, you're, so you're saying like this is the, the sort of bridge or these are the stepping stones we put forward. Right, right. Is, is like whatever, our true voice, our, or what is, what is the stepping stone? I guess what I mean is like, you know, well, what we happen to know this question to ask her. <laughs> and, this, and actually her voice is wonderful. She's got a it's wonderful... It's not ever dry or boring. Ever, right? It's and right. So, this, she, so she shows up in a really wonderful, personable way, which is why I keep coming back to the idea that she may have lost the understanding of what the value of her mm. particular voice is in the context of this bigger piece. Right. And the truth is her voice is wildly reassuring. It's mm. wildly comforting to be engaged in these stories by someone who she's had a whole professional life she understands a bunch of things and that all shows up on the page along with humor wit humor and wit and insight and as much as i adore this particular writer i don't think she's the only one of our listeners who has that right so the just you know maybe for this next few weeks for this next few months everything you write is a big mess but it's you that's my advice you show up on the page it may be messy, but I think that what we get to on the next iteration is honest, authentic, valuable work that maybe has the guise of a cozy mystery. 
like when this is going to be okay. So I always talk about Marvel, right? <laughs> so at the end of Marvel, whatever you might think about it, there's that one scene where Captain Marvel and all of the women who have been really powerful throughout these different things, but never held a movie of their own mm. prior to this. Right. Um, Spider-Man then asks, but how is she going to get there? Right? So she, he's had Thanos' gauntlet, the one that, that someone needs to snap the fingers to bring the world back. It's this whole crazy thing. Okay. Captain Marvel, played by Brie Larson, is like, you know, give it to me. And then he's like, yeah, but how are you going to get there? And then all of the Marvel heroes from the different franchise windows kind of land behind her and say, she's got help, right? And we need every single voice to be the voice behind each other saying, you've got help. And your cozy mystery and someone else's Nora Ephron-esque romp are one of those voices behind every other female artist moving forward right now. So that's all I want to say. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's it. We're just, we're all here. We're this, and and voices really are important right now. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we need some different stories about the future and, and also, and about the past and about the present. So keep them coming. Okay. Right. It is With time that. for Steal This. Amateur poets borrow. Professional poets steal. What would you, what have you come across in your wanderings and readings you would like to take and make your own? Well, you know, I've not had the sort of psychological space to do much these days. Uh, I am right now considering the value of 15 minutes a day. That is what I'm doing. I've been reading a book about sort of improving my reading skills and practicing 15 minutes a day, which... When you what? have a very chaotic day is something where you're like, great, all I have to do is that. 15 minutes a day for whatever it is. Like if you want to learn guitar or you want to learn to speak language. Like is it optimal? No. But is it going to move you forward? Absolutely. Interestingly, and I, now I wish I could remember if this was like Steve or Robbins or somebody, but there was like that seven minute thing of like do, do three or five tasks and rotate them on a seven minute schedule and like that would not work for you at all I think no. but it really works for me it's like okay I'm gonna clean the kitchen for seven minutes I'm gonna do as much as I can I'm gonna work so fast and then I'm gonna go deal with email for seven minutes and it's like it's a great anyway it reminded me of that I don't know it's not we these are these are not very literary um <laughs> steal this is but I think it is in this moment because a lot of people if you are trying to like if your co-workers are under a certain age like 10 <laughs> and you know you're I mean, like just for full frankness elizabeth has been washing our clothes in the <laughs> bathtub because during our lockdown our washing machine broke and i'm like i'm okay with that same dirty pair of clothes no it's, it actually started before i and really so, had to yeah. so we have been living in crazy laundry land during the shelter in place Although and we're so lucky to I want to say like having, but having broken. something where I'm like, there's this thing I really want to do. I really want to do. I really want to do 15 minutes. If you can find 15 minutes, most people can. 
Especially if you don't have a commute anymore. Right. Um, then, you know, that's what I'm speaking to. It's like, yeah. oh, I really want to be writing. My kids are here. Everything's sort of crazy. You know what? If you have 15 minutes, you can say, you know what? I need 15 minutes to myself. I'm going to lock myself in the bathroom so I know that my kids are generally okay because they're not in a bathtub or around water. Five of those minutes are about just being present. Five are about going to the bathroom. <laughs> Five are about that wonderful moment Five of privacy. Five are washing your hands. <laughs> well, no, 40 seconds are about washing your hands because right. you wash them on the way in and on the, the way, way out. out. There you go. So that three and a half minutes left is for you and your writing. You. Do with it it's what you, you will. We- yes. <laughs>